Hello, fellow project managers. Welcome to our PMBOK main process flow for today. In this session, we'll take a look at how processes flow across the PMBOK guide, saving you a lot of time as you prepare for the exam. So there are five process groups in project management, as we already know, most of us do, initiating, planning, executing, monitoring and controlling and closing. The mnemonic for this is, I prefer eating mangoes chilled or I prefer extra money in cash. Next, we have the very first process that the PMI presents in the knowledge areas. It's develop project charter. Now, this is where we develop a project charter. Remember the project charter authorizes the project and puts all of the stakeholders on the same page as far as what the project should do. Now, this project charter contains a key stakeholder list. This key stakeholder list is important because it helps us to identify stakeholders in addition to the key stakeholders we have in the project charter. So the project charter becomes an input to identify stakeholders. The project charter also becomes an input to the developed project management plan process. So think about it. This is the only asset for the most part that you have developed within the confines of the project along with the stakeholder register. So the project charter is an input to a number of places, especially those that happen in the earliest stages of the project. Now, we have the project management plan, which is an output of the developed project management plan process. And this project management plan supplies all the other processes that happen after it with the project management plan. Just think about it like that. The moment the project management plan is created, it supplies everything after that. In fact, if you read the PMBOK guide hard enough, you'll see that it goes everywhere except two places. The only two places the project management plan doesn't go are develop project charter and develop project management plan itself. All the other processes use the project management plan. Here you can see the project management plan as an input to direct and manage project work for obvious reasons. This is where the work will be carried out. So you need the plan. Now, one of the major things you're gonna get out of your project is deliverables. Deliverables is an output of the direct and manage project work process. As you're doing work, you're gonna get a deliverable. That deliverable becomes an input to the process known as control quality. Again, for obvious reasons, it needs to be checked. We need to check the deliverable. So we have deliverables going into control quality so that we, the performing organization, can check the deliverable before it goes to the customer. Now, I would like for you to take out a blank piece of paper, and I want you to follow along so far. As you can see, we have just five processes. Pretty straightforward so far, right? The more you're able to internalize this flow, the better it will be for all the other processes that you are studying for your exam. Whether you're studying the sixth edition or the seventh edition, understanding the flow of events will help you in the grand scheme of things. Now let's move on to what comes out of control quality. Now control quality is where we are checking the deliverable internally 
look at it as a kind of verification to verify if this deliverable is good to go to the customer. So we have a decision point. If it's a yes, it can go to the customer, then we have an output known as verified deliverables. The verified deliverable becomes an input to the validate scope process. So when we say verified deliverable, that means that the deliverable has been verified internally and deemed good to send to the customer for their own inspection. Now, conversely, if it is a no from the control quality process and the internal team says this is not good to go to the customer, then we have a different output. So as you can see here, what comes next is a change request. And this change request goes to the process known as perform integrated change control. This is simple logic. If you have a rejection internally, it needs to be fixed. We first of all need to understand what the problem is, of course. But once we've diagnosed what the problem is, we need a change request, especially if it will impact the bottom line. Now, some cases, we may not have a change request that impacts the bottom line. But for the sake of your exam, think about changes needing to go through the process, perform integrated change control. It may not need to go to a change control board, but it does need to pass through integrated change control. And that could mean a project manager looking at it and waving and saying, just do it. It doesn't hit the triple constraint. Or it may entail a change control board having a review. So just be aware, even in cases where the change request does not hit the triple constraint, it should still go through integrated change control. So we have our change request going in here, and I hope you're drawing along so that you're following the logic. Now, what happens next is we have a decision made, and that decision could be further catalyzed or stalled by a work performance report. Because work performance reports give clarity as far as the state of the project. So if someone's requesting additional scope, but the work performance report says we're so late that we cannot take on additional scope, the answer may be an automatic no. The work performance reports help understand whether to proceed with a change request or not, in addition to a lot of other information we could glean on the project. So what happens next is we have a decision point again. When a change request goes into performing a greater change control, we are at a point where we could either approve the change request. And if that happens, we get the approved change request going to the process known as direct and manage project work, as you see up here. And the reason why it's going there is it is going to be reworked. We are going to work that change request into the process, effect the change, and then go through the deliverable submission process to control quality again until we get a yes. In addition to this, take note that 
if it is a no, we have this updated in the change log, no matter what, whether a yes or a no. Now, again, if it is a yes, we have approved change requests as an input to control quality. And the reason for this is the quality control team needs this approved change request so that on the second go-round, when they are reviewing the deliverable, they're able to compare the current state to the requested state in the approved change request. And the general idea is that if everything adds up, then we can verify that deliverable and say, yep, it's good to go to the customer. Next, we have the validate scope process where the customer reviews this verified deliverable. Now the customer reviews the verified deliverable and again, we have a decision point. It could be a no, and that means an automatic change request again. There's no such thing as rejected deliverables in the PMBOK guide. It will be a change request and we'll rework something just like we did on the first go round. However, if it is a yes, we have an accepted deliverable as an output. And this accepted deliverable is stamped with the approval from the customer. This goes to closed project or phase. One of the major outputs from closed project or phase is a final report. And we also have a final deliverable transition. This is known as final product service or result transition, which really means final deliverable transition. You'll find this in the sixth edition of the PMBOK guide. And what happens next is the customer receives the transition, the final report, and everyone's happy, hopefully. And that's the end of how this project management body of knowledge breaks down the project management process groups and processes. Now, if at any point in time, you're thinking in your head, how do the other processes flow in to this general framework? All you need do is plug in wherever that process is from. For example, if you're thinking about any of the planning processes and wondering how do they plug into this, just write out the planning process. For example, define activities. And understand that all roads, this is a simple way of doing it. All roads will lead somehow into this project management plan. Okay, so when we define activities, it's the beginning of our schedule. So you always need to think about the bigger picture. Something you could do is ask the question, which knowledge area is it? If it's in schedule management, the idea is that from schedule management, you're going to have a planning output, and that will become part of your project management plan. It will flow into the develop project management plan process, and ultimately 
you'll see that leading in some way to become part of your project management plan. Same thing for cost. You have your cost baseline, your cost management plan flowing in there. So instead of going into so much minutia, if I were you, I would think about the knowledge area level and think about how it plugs into whatever process group it falls under. Another example would be monitoring and controlling process group. And we have an entry from cost, which is control cost. Control cost with all its earned value detail will flow into this monitoring and controlling process group. But specifically in integration, it will flow into monitor and control project work, all those earned value metrics. So think about things at a higher level from here. Think about them at the knowledge area level, and it will become a lot easier for you to cope with the PMBOK guide. Whatever the knowledge area, just plug it in. Let me give you one more example. One more example would be from the area of resource management. Resource management has three processes in executing. And each one of these could be looked at from a variety of perspectives. You could look at them as going into executing as a whole, or you could look at them as in some way facilitating the executing of the work. And that's how you should approach it. As long as you're able to identify the knowledge area, and you understand the process group that those processes in the knowledge area are in, you shouldn't have any problems from here. I hope this helps you to better make sense of the PMBOK guide. If you're looking for training, coaching, or help on your PMP exam, go on down to the website, praiseon.com, and we'll look forward to seeing you. Take care and bye for now.